What's up, everybody? We are back uh, again for another edition of Beers on the Gridiron. This is our overtime edition. We're just going to be doing uh, another mock draft, picks one through 32. Yep. Uh, see how it differs from our last mock draft. Uh, we're going to try to actually implement some trades in this one, I believe. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. Tommy Tomatoes, what are you thinking? I already, I already uh, spoiled it right there, but I have some trades in mind that I think are going to happen this year. Okay, so... We're going to do the same sort of uh, style as the last one uh, with going odds and evens. I'll start off with one. Okay. Uh, and we'll just take it from there. Uh, we know the first couple picks are going to be the obvious ones. Yeah, that hasn't changed change there. The first, much. like, one, two. Well, one, one and two. two. One, two. Yeah, are, are not going to change. They're pretty much the same in this sense. So I'll let you start off with uh, the odd number one, obviously. So, this is a tough one. Oh, I know. Hey, Jaguars. take all the Who time you gonna, can. Take all the time you can. Who are they going to pick? I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. shocker. Bold. Bold decision there. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing to say. There's no, nothing, there's nothing left to say. Yeah, you know, so. Trevor Lawrence, greatest prospect since Bane Manning. We'll, we'll jump on a number two here. And again, you know, Jets on the clock. <sighs> Wow. Um, we just trade away Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. We're going to go Zach Wilson here. Um, so I think that's why they did the trade. Again, really not much to say here. This hasn't changed the one-two punch. Um, Zach Wilson's a pick here. He's going to be the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> anything to add or you want to go on three here? We're taking liberties here yeah. right now. <laughs> Not, we're going against the grain, yep. not mainstream at all. At all. Uh, no, nothing left to say. Okay, great. All right, so San Francisco number three. Now, this pick isn't who I think they should go, but all signs point here. Uh, I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Yep. And number three to San Francisco. And if you listen to our last podcast, yep. you'll know our thoughts on that. We went into this, yes. I don't agree with it. I think it's another Mitch Trubisky mistake. Uh, I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to optimize their team the way that Justin Fields or Trey Lance will. And I'll leave it at that. No, I, I, I agree there. I think Justin Fields is more of the pick. Um but hey, you know what? We have a time. We have another time for that. But Mac Jones is the pick of three as of right now. So that brings us to the Atlanta Falcons up on the board here, and I think we have a trade happening here. Our first trade in the draft, mm. and I think we're going to go with the Denver Broncos nine, the number forty pick, possibly the number one fourteen pick in the draft, and next year's first going to the Falcons for four. And I think that makes the most sense of them. And I have them taking Justin Fields at four. They need another answer to a quarterback. And I think that Justin Fields is the answer there. I don't think Drew Locke. I don't think they're sold on Drew Locke. I think they've given up on him. So I think Justin Fields is the pick there for the Denver Broncos at number four once they make the trade. I can't argue with that at all. I think that is the most likely scenario to happen here. Uh, I think Atlanta is in a great position uh, to trade out of that spot because all the teams that are going to be calling them, Atlanta is going to be like, hey, you're going to need to offer me the moon because we're not out of the quarterback hunt. We might be ready to move on from Matt Ryan. 
He's 35 years old, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think 35, 35 36, something like, like that. We're, we're looking to rebuild here. We might just go quarterback, and they might just do that. They might stand pat and go quarterback. But I think the best move for them, because Matt Ryan can still play, that they trade out and just get a boatload of assets, worry about quarterback later, stack their team up. Their defense has a lot of questions. Uh, offensively, they could definitely shore up the offensive line. Obviously, their weapons are great. Um, they can get a running back later in the draft, too. They could. They sign Mike Davis. By the way, a small tidbit, Matt Ryan is 35. Okay. So he's 35. Okay. So I, I think Atlanta's in a great position. I think they totally should trade out uh we'll we'll see we'll see what happens so you got a quarterback for the first time in a long time going one two three and four i love it i, I really it do too. i love it i love it too i think it's i think it's great i think it's the most likely scenario here and probably what we're going to see and i really think that denver is the team to move up and i think that they're going to go quarterback and i think that they should go quarterback and i think denver will be a decent team because of it. A lot of these teams will be better than they were because they went quarterback. Yep. Yep. So I like that pick a lot. Um, That brings us to five, the Cincinnati Bengals. I still can't get over this. They could go one of the top receivers, give Burrow a weapon, reconnect him with Jamar Chase. I get that. But again, deep receiver class, you can get one in the later rounds, just like they did with T. Higgins last year. Mm -hmm. The biggest, the most important thing is protecting Joe Burrow after that horrific injury last year. I'm gonna stick with Sewell. I think they go Penny Sewell here, offensive tackle. They can move Jonah Williams to the right side. They can have a nice little anchor on both ends there, fill out the interior later on, work from there. But Penny Sewell will definitely anchor that offensive line for the next 10 years at least. And that's not, that, I mean, you said it all there. This is a valid pick for the Cincinnati Bengals at five. Penny Sewell will be essential to keeping Joe Burrow safe. I think Joe, well, we're going to go one for one here, but I think Joe Burrow does win the sweepstakes here. I think he's going to advocate for um, Jamar Chase to he be there at five. You know, and I think, you know he definitely And I think will. draft night, he's going to win that. I think Jamar Chase he is going to go there. He very well could. So. And- it's not the wrong pick. It's not. It's not the wrong pick it's at not. all. Uh, I just think also Joe Burrow can be advocating for Jamar Chase all they want. And I think some of the coaches in the front office will be like, how are you going to throw Jamar Chase if you're getting hit every single time? Yeah, I know. Like, how did you feel last year when you tore your ACL? Let's just I mean, be real, too. Cincinnati does not know how to build a roster. They just, they, they They've suck. They've gotten a little bit better at it. They, 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 they suck. I mean, there were, I mean, for a couple of years in there, they were pretty good and stuff, but they, they I, I just... But, it, but it's kind of a new, it's a turning of the tide now. I, I think after you they finally moved on from, uh, what's his face, uh, Marvin. Uh, right. Uh, once they finally moved on from him. You like Zach Taylor? I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't say I... You don't like him, I can tell. You have no, Taylor. No, no, I don't, I don't like <laughs> or dislike him. The jury's still out. It is, much. you're and right. And I think they're... They're finally regrouping. They're moving on. They st- they stayed with the, the 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 team that they had for years for way too long. They yes. waited too long to move on from AJ Green. They waited too long to move on from Andy Dalton. They finally have Joe Burrow, who's a franchise quarterback. Yes. 
They have some weapons. They they can make something happen. They could. They drafted some good guys last year too on the defensive end of the football, along with T. Higgins, who's already a stud. T. Higgins good. I like Tyler I th- Boyd too. I, I there. Think, I, yeah, I think they're on the right track to they are building their team back up. I still think they suck. <laughs> but, well, so this is one for one. I have them switching these picks here, but let's stay true to the board for, between me and you. So you have Penny Sewell going number five. So then in that case, I have number six going to Jamar Chase. I think they're going to get another weapon for uh, Tua Tagliavola. Um, they're going to have Devontae Parker there. They're going to have um, Jamar Chase coming in. And there's another receiver there who I'm forgetting. Didn't they just sign Will Fuller? They did. They did. They, they did just signed Will Fuller, Fuller there. And if you got a combination of Chase, Fuller, and Parker, along with Mike Jacecki, you got every type of receiver that you need. You got the deep threaded Fuller. Chase can go all over the field. Yep. Uh, as can Devontae Parker. And Jacecki is Jacecki's a really good tight end. And I think that I think he is. He and I really needs, wanted him in the draft a couple years ago. I really did because I think he's a mismatch freak. He really is. He's a very good tight end. That when I watch him play. It's almost like every time I see, I just like, I wish that the quarterback play, they would just focus a little bit more on him because every time they do, like, he's like, I see him open, making great catches, got great hands. He does. He's got great hand-eye coordination. He makes those tough catches. I think he could be even better if they he's just a long find wingspan. the ball. He does. And if they get someone like Jamar Chase, that's going to open up the field. Absolutely. So for Mike Giusecki. Absolutely. So one through four, we have pretty much lock agreed upon. So we have the flip-flopping between four and five. That brings us to number, oh no, I'm sorry, not four and five, five and six. So that brings us to number seven, the Detroit Lions. Who do you have them going here? So this is a tough one, and we were talking about this before. Yes, we were. The Detroit Lions, uh, like the New York Giants, are a team that can go so many different directions. And unlike the Giants, they have a shitload of holes. The Giants, which is the first time I've been saying this in years, don't have as many glaring needs. They don't. They have positions where you can upgrade for sure and positions where you can strengthen, but they don't have any like real glaring, like eye-popping needs. Especially on defense, you could say, oh, they don't have an elite pass rusher if you don't classify Leonard Williams as that, which I don't. Um, I don't do that. Carter. Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter. He's not not elite. No, he's not elite. But I like him. I like him too. But the way that Patrick Graham's defense is set up, they it's a pass rush by committee, and that's fine. They have that set up. The Detroit Lions have anything but that. They have so many different needs. I think I go a little bit bold here with this, but I think because of the different needs, like edge rusher and linebacker being one, and then both cornerback and safety, I think they take the best of all the worlds and they select Micah Parsons at Ah. Penn State. And I say that because Micah Parsons can be that edge rusher. He can be that middle linebacker that can come in and clog the holes. And he can be that linebacker that drops back into coverage and covers tight ends. He can do it all that fills – it's with one player that fills a couple different needs if they use him the right way. And like I was saying before, if you went to the Giants, it creates a lot of different mismatches. It confuses offenses. What is he going to do? Is he coming around the edge? Is he staying pat? Is he dropping back into coverage? A lot of guys are going to need to account for that. And Detroit can go a lot of different ways because they need a lot of different 
things. Wide receiver definitely being one, especially after losing Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. They got to give Jared Goff some help, but I think they start here with Micah Parsons. Okay, I don't have any argument with that because I think uh, Micah Parsons is a Dan Campbell type of player here. I really do. So I, I, I'm not going to argue with that. I would go in a different direction and say they're going to take a wide receiver here. Most, they, they very well could. Very well could. So with that said, we have number eight coming in, Carolina. Um, they just uh, traded for Sam Darnold. I'm fighting to think that they might take a corner here, but I'm also fighting to think they might make a trade here. So You're I'm gonna these trades. I am, yeah. So I'm gonna say just to make fun on this podcast here, I'm gonna say they're gonna make a trade. Okay. I think they trade with the New England Patriots. Ooh. I think the Patriots trade from 15 to eight. They trade their second round pick this year and their first round pick next year to come up in the draft and draft Trey Lance. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. So I think Trey Lance, I think uh, Bill Belichick needs a quarterback here. I know they have uh, Cam Newton coming back for another year, but I think they're going to need someone to build upon. And I think Trey Lance is that perfect quarterback for Bill. He could do everything. And I just I just think he's a good fit there at number eight to the New England Patriots. I like that a lot. Right? Uh, I, I'd be really curious to see how – Bill works with that because uh, you know it, it's it's tough to even gauge what type of quarterback fits Bill because he's had Tom Brady for I know or twenty years that you're like some guys are like oh he works better with a, a prototypical drop back quarterback oh he works better with a more mobile quarterback we don't know we don't and he, know and he moved on to Cam Newton and at the beginning of the year Cam Newton looked like he was having a resurgence and he did how much is Cam how much is it Bill who knows but needless to say they need a quarterback they and do. You know that Washington's definitely going to be trying to trade up uh, in this circumstance. I think so. New England's going to have uh, the ability to win the sweepstakes because they not only have an earlier draft pick, but I think they're going to be willing to give up them more draft, uh, draft capital. Absolutely. Bill doesn't care about that. And, yeah, again, no shit. And Carolina's the perfect trade partner. Yeah, they well, are. Carolina doesn't have any reason to stay at eight. They are Now they have Sam Darnold. They're built there. Slowly building. They're in no rush to just like win that. They know they're not going to win now. Take it slow. That's what these teams should do. You do it the right way. It could only take a yeah. year. It can only take another And again, year. people, this could change, by the way. But I just, I just want to make it more eventful. And I think New England is going to trade up at some point. I think Carolina is a perfect partner. I agree. So I agree. they're going to take Trey Lance there. Um, so that brings us to number nine. We had a trade before. The Atlanta, Atlanta, Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Yes. And which is hilarious because this works out so well for the Atlanta Falcons because I personally think if they stay in that four spot and don't go quarterback, that they're just going to take Kyle Pitts, who very well may be the best player available. Yeah. And now they trade back and they get all those assets and Kyle Pitts falls to them there. I'm going Kyle Pitts uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Another weapon. If you're going to stick with Matt Ryan for one more year, why not just go for it? Julio, Calvin, Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage. Come on. That I know. Offense can be electric. It's Defense can. still got question marks, but how do you not take him? When you're in, how do you not take him? Best player available. And when you're in a situation like Atlanta, let's just slow the process down. It's like, you know what? Let's see how much the offense can do. Yep. We'll probably give up a lot of points, but 
our offense, it might be too much for teams. We can probably win some games that we shouldn't win just because of our offense. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Um, Atlanta's, Atlanta's always been an offense-driven like team. So I think they're going to go with Kyle Pitts there. Um, and they've been rumored to go at that point. So if they trade back and Kyle Pitts at nine and get draft capital in the process, that's a win-win 100%. for Atlanta Falcons. So that brings us to number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. I think this brings me to my our last podcast where I think J.C. Horn is going to go ahead of Patrick Sertain. So I, I don't think the Cowboys have a lot of glaring needs, especially when Michael Parsons off the board right now as of uh, our mark draft right now. So I see them going J.C. Horn. Interesting. I see the, him as the most pro-ready cornerback on the board here. Uh, when it's all said and done three weeks from now, I think he has the dog mentality that's going to succeed in the NFL. Um, he's got good size, and he has, again, the right mentality to be a cornerback in the NFL. And I 100% agree. Uh, I love J.C. Horn. He's, like I said before, Big, strong, fast, everything you want in a dominant cornerback uh, one. I think that he could very well be the best cornerback in this draft. Uh, but I, I told I, I think that Dallas would totally take Sertain uh, over Horn. Uh, if anything, just for Nick Saban, Alabama, you're just going with that guy. It just seems like the the popular pick, a guy that. Jerry Jones would be like, almost like if CeeDee Lamb felt like Patrick Chatain's there, they're just going to go him. Yep. Big, big time school. Um, but either way, they're going cornerback. And I don't think they can go wrong with any of these picks. I don't think they can because as we said before too as well, uh, Patrick Chatain and J.C. Horn are so close in talent-wise where you can go either or and be happy. But I think J.C. Horn is going to overtake Patrick Chatain as the number one cornerback off the board. So that's why I have J.C. Horn going there. Agreed. So this brings us the to New York Football Giants, my huh? big blue wrecking crew. Yeah, your boys. Just talked about this exact scenario on the last podcast, and what would happen if some guys fell, or if you know some guys didn't fall, and we had we just had to pick a snap system. In this situation, which we did not plan out previously. Jalen Waddle and Rashawn Slater are both on the board. So my two top picks are both on the board for the Giants. Now, Rashawn Slater seems like the smart pick. Shore up the offensive line. They need it. He does. However, while it's a strong wide receiver class, it's also a very strong offensive line class. You're and stuck. I can tell you're stuck. I am. I'm very stuck. Yeah. I could go with either pick. But I think that... The offensive line being a bigger issue, it's a bigger issue as a whole. It's not a select position. They want versatility, which Rashawn Slater has, but there's other guys in this draft. Alex Leatherwood comes to mind uh, out of Alabama. Can play tackle, can play inside. Probably better suited at guard. Oh, yeah. The next level. But I just look at that and I think, is Rashawn Slater going to play tackle? Or is he going to play? Are they going to move him into guard right away? And I don't know. That that changes the value of things. And I just think Jalen Waddle is a game-changing talent. He's a Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham when he was with the Giants 
type of guy that can literally turn the game around on one play. And when you have that guy next to Kenny Galladay, you're just, it's just trouble. And you're giving Daniel Jones the weapons he needs to succeed or to find out if he's not the guy. And again, you're looking at past this year. Sterling Shepard's probably gone after this year. Slayton, who I like, I think is better suited as three, as I said before. And we know from a couple sources, the Giants are absolutely in love with Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle's the pick here. I'm going I don't I don't blame you, honestly. I really don't. Um, Jalen Waddle's a great addition to any team. And as we said before on previous podcasts, um, if this Giants team does not succeed, it's going to be at the hands of Daniel Jones. He's The, the Giants can be on all the weapons that they need. I mean, they, 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 they drafted uh, offensive linemen. They signed Kenny Galladay. He has good um, um, chemistry with uh, Darius Slayton. So I, I don't... I, I'm not going to argue with you going Jalen Waddle here. So that brings me to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 12. And as much as I really want to take Patrick Sertain here because he's still left on the board, I think I'm going to go with Devontae Smith at that position because I think the Eagles need a playmaker at wide receiver. They're very thin at cornerback. And I got a feeling we're going to get into this later on. But I think Devontae Smith is the best on the board right now. And he's going to fit that offense very well. He's going to help Jalen Hurts. He's going to give Jalen Hurts a lot of weapons on offense. Devontae Smith is the pick here. I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah, and I love it. I think the Eagles should be jumping up for joy if Devontae Smith, or one of any of the three wide receivers falls to them there, gives Jalen Hurts another weapon. It's similar to the Daniel Jones situation. Give him all the weapons he can to succeed, and we'll see what you're made of. Absolutely. Uh, so that's a great pick, which brings us to the next pick, uh, pick number 13 to the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly of San Diego. And this is a dream scenario for them. You oh, they, they have a lot Slater. of picks here. You got Rashawn Slater falling to them at 13. Protect Justin Herbert at all costs. They have some interesting guys on that line, but it's nothing but a shirt thing. Rashawn Slater, easy pick for them. Add another tackle. Okay. Give Justin Herbert time. And, I mean, that offense already is electric as it is. Give him more time, you're good to go. I got I got no arguments there because Rashawn Slater is a top 10 talent to me. Absolutely. I think he should go ahead of Penny Sewell. But, um, I, I again, well, really just dream. Those guys I'm out. excited for yeah. the Chargers right now because I think it's a really dream scenario for them because oh. Rashawn Slater can can be a plug and play, Absolutely. like tackle for them for years to come. Huge for protecting Justin Herbert. So that brings us to the Minnesota Vikings. I think as dating back to our last podcast, I think this guy is going to jump huge. Mm-hmm in uh, the draft standings right now, and you're smirking. I can see on the other side of the table oh, right now. Know. You know. Boy, TCU. Yeah, that's right. Trevon Morig is going to be the safety there because they just lost Anthony Harris to the Eagles. Harrison Smith is getting older in age. He's slowing up a little bit. I think he's going to be a tremendous fit there. Great size. 6'2", 202 at weight. Junior coming at a TCU. And our friends at Pro Football Focus has an NFL comparison of Rashad Jones. We know Rashad Jones has been a great safety in this league. Hopefully, Mo Rake could uh, live up to those expectations. But I see the um, Vikings going there. Totally agree. I think it's the best fit possible. It's a great pick. 
especially with some of the other guys coming off the board. Like they could go edge rusher, uh, but I, I still think that's just the perfect fit. You know, it, it's it's what they should do. I agree. Uh, it, it, they could go offensive line, but. I just really like Mo as a prospect. I think it's great. I, I think he's awesome. And I agree with you from the last podcast here because you were very big on Mo Rig here. And um, I think he's going to be a tremendous player in the NFL. He has a size and everything, and he's NFL ready. Agreed. And that brings us to the Carolina Panthers at 15, which another situation just like the Chargers, dream scenario. Yep. They're, there's a good chance they go cornerback. Oh, I know where you're going. And they trade down to 15, and this guy's still there. Patrick Tatane's the pick. Easy pick for them. Carolina Panthers, good job by you guys. Guy, you go across Dante Jackson, you're, you're happy. Yep, you're happy. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, nothing to say here because, um, again, as you said previously, when you first um, started opening up uh, the uh, number 15 pick for the Carolina Panthers, dream scenario for them. To take Patrick Sertain. Um, I can't believe he dropped this far, but we we said we always see that one guy drop, and I think Patrick Sertain might be that guy. So that brings me to the Arizona Cardinals at number 16. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, draft uh, professionals bring this guy up a lot as of recently. I see Christian Barrymore going here to the Cardinals. Big guy, um, Alabama, we all, uh, 6'5", 3'10". Um, NFL comparison is uh, Gerald McCoy from our friends at Pro Football Focus again. And I think he's going to be another plug and play there on the defensive line. If you add him in there with J.J. Watt and um, Chandler Jones, that's a freaking awesome defensive line. So I see them solidifying that going Christian Barrymore here. And they're going to be trouble. Absolutely. That because look, you got guys across the board at different positions for them. Like you have Buda Baker in the secondary. Yep. You have Isaiah Simmons as the linebacker. I like him. I don't know why they didn't play him that often, by the way. The, 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 they'll get there. They're yeah. squeezing them into everything. But he can drop back into coverage. You have Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. It's just different. Just every level on that defense. We already know what their offense can do. I think that's a great pick. It's a perfect fit for them. They're just going to be, I think that solidifies them as a legit playoff threat, to be completely honest with you. I agree. Um, and, you know, that brings us to pick 17. The Oakland. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. Las Ooh, Vegas Raiders. I call now. myself. Hey. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. And this team, one of the few teams that I just don't know what the hell they're doing or what their direction is. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really care. Uh, I always root for the Raiders for whatever reason. It's one of those weird, a lot of people have that secondary team where you don't really care too much about, but for some time, for some reason, whenever they're on, you, you root for them. And for whatever <laughs> reason that is with me, I always yeah, root for yeah. the Raiders, but uh, I'm not a John Gruden fan whatsoever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what their direction is. What they're trying to do. They just they they make moves where it's like we're trying to win now. We're trying to rebuild, and they're stuck in that little like purgatory. So I really don't know what the right pick is here. They have so many different holes, but I think like a lot of teams, the most important thing is solidifying the offensive line that was once good. 
And I'm going to go Christian Darisaw. Fuck. Tackle out of Virginia Tech. You took my pick for the Dolphins. I'm sorry, guy. I got to do what's best for my Raiders. Uh, big, big tackle. Uh, can come in. You can move him around the line. They just need they just need help. You have you have you have some weapons. You have Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, uh, Henry Ruggs, Braylon, uh, not Braylon Edwards, <laughs> Ryan Edwards. Give Derek Carr some time. He's underrated. He's underappreciated. He can be a very good quarterback. He continue to be a, a very good quarterback in this league if he's given some more time. And let John Gruden's offense cook, I guess, uh, if you know you solidify that offensive line that was once very, very strong. Okay, I can I can see that. I can see Christian Darrisell going to the Raiders. Um, I'm very pissed off because you took my freaking pick, the Dolphins here. That's how but it goes um, there, bud. hey, man, you know what? Teams are calling the situation often, and uh, you know here we are again. So I have the um, Dolphins going. Jeremiah Owusu Camaro. They just had to release um, the linebacker um, that Van just Noy. signed the Patriots, Van Noy, Van Noy. Van Noy. So they need some linebacker solidification there. Um, I think he fits in well there. I think Brian Flores is going to find a way to fit him in on that defense. And um, he could be a stud there for a long time coming. He really could. So I'm going to go Jeremiah Owusu Camaro from Notre Dame. I, I like that pick. Uh, it's. Just solidifying again a team that's on the up and up. They're ready to go. I think Miami's going to be very interesting next year. I think they're going to bring the heat. So that brings us to the Washington football team. And this don't say probably, Redskins. <laughs> this is probably the toughest pick uh, so far for me. Because obviously this team's looking to trade up to nab a quarterback. Uh, in our draft, they weren't able to do that. They could go wide receiver here. There's a lot of talent that's on the board with Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, uh, and Elijah Moore at a Ole Miss. I think Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore, the Moors, if you will, uh, they fill they they fit that Curtis Samuel mold. Uh, so I don't think they're going to go one of those guys. I could see Rashad Bateman as a guy lining up across the way from uh, Terry McLaurin, and that could just be a scary offense. But they could also be like, ah, they could wait a little bit and add a, another wide receiver, like that's a wide receiver three or something later in the draft. And I think they shore up the offensive line a little bit. You have Brandon Sheriff, who is an all-pro right guard. They, they have some decent – You got my guy. ears. You got my ears pinned back right now. They Mike. have some decent guys like Lucas as a left tackle. Uh, I believe uh, – was it Moses? As, Morgan Moses. As, yeah, as the right tackle. Who, tough ass. Who, really yeah, who is actually not bad either. But – Again, these guys aren't run blockers. Both of them aren't. Uh, Lucas has a lot to prove as the left tackle. He showed a lot of potential, I would say, that I didn't really see happening. But left tackle is still a question mark. Uh, definitely a good piece to have in there, but I think they add some more depth to that group, and I think they're going to go Walker Little. 
out of Stanford, uh, offensive tackle. Oh, they're reaching. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a reach, but I just don't know what else they really do. I think they short up. I don't know either. Questions. They, I, I, if they don't go wide receiver, I don't think they go anywhere else other than uh, offensive line. They could go linebacker, but that might be a reach too. So I'm going to go Walker Little. You can never have enough offensive line. This could be a trade back candidate too, by the way. I think big time. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stand pat though because considering they can't be feeling like they're the favorites in the East this year. They got to just shore up as best they can. So I'm going to go Walker Little, shore up that offensive line, and we'll, we'll run with it. Uh, God, I'm really stuck right now in Chicago because they have uh, they have holes and very like like very important positions here. Um, I think quarterback. I think wide receiver. Um, I know they just franchise tag Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller's on the trade block. So with that said, I think I'm going to go Rashad Bateman here. You for bitch. the Chicago Bears. You um, bitch. He makes the most sense for them. Um, nothing else more to say than that. I think he's the best available on the board in our eyes. I think we both agree here. Um, I'm struggling because I want to take a Tevin Jenkins here at Oklahoma State and reach a little bit. Um, but I think Rashad Bateman makes the most sense. Uh, I'm, I'm not solidifying my pick yet. I'm ah, uh, this is this is tough. Uh, it's solidified. Yeah, I'm gonna go Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman here. Rashad Bateman for me. I think he's gonna be a tremendous asset on the Chicago offense alongside Allen Robinson. Oof, man, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman. That, that's Dolan, huge. Andy Dalton resurgence coming. Absolutely, and like I said, I really want to go Tevin Jenkins here at um, Oklahoma State. Makes sense, but. I think Rashad Bateman's best available on the board. Can't miss prospect. I think I don't say that a lot about a lot of people here, but I think he's a can't miss prospect that's money. Yeah, and uh, I agree 100. percent I'm pissed because you just stole my pick for the Colts <laughs> pick 21. It gets tricky here. Now I don't now. think I, the Colts have very few holes. Uh, they could look to add another edge rusher, but. Uh, other than that, they're pretty much stacked everywhere else, except for a, a, a le- not, I won't say a legit number two because you have T.Y. Hillen coming back. You're looking at Michael Pittman to be your number one moving forward. Absolutely. You got Pascal. You got Pittman or uh, Hilton. You got guys there, but you want to give Wentz another bona fide weapon. So there's just no stone left. I watched him for five years. He needs it. You got an offensive <laughs> line. You got a run game with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Oh, yeah. You got Michael Pittman, who looks really good, uh, and still T.Y. Hillman. I think you go Rondell Moore here out of uh, – Okay. I love Rondell Moore, I by the way. I love Rondell Absolutely Moore. love Rondell Moore. Short, speedy he guy. He plays big. He plays big, 100%. 100%. And he's kind of the antithesis of Michael Pittman, who's a you know big guy. I think he's closer to 6'4", uh, big, lengthy guy who can play all over the field. Rondell Moore is the opposite of that. I think it'd just be oof, electrifying. I, I, can't, I can't agree more. I think Rondell Moore is going uh, to climb high. And a lot of and a lot of draft stock this year. By the time the draft comes around, and we might have another month before that happens, but Rondell Moore is a good pick for them. I I, I agree with you. 
Um, so that brings us to the Titans. Um, the Titans could go a few places here. Um, if I think Tevin Jenkins is gonna ju- it's gonna jump up a little bit. So I have the Titans going Tevin Jenkins here at Oklahoma State. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. Um, they just had to release uh, Dennis Kelly at um, right tackle. Mm-hmm. So if they get Taylor Lewan back at full health and they have Tevin Jenkins starting on that's the other side, question. that's a big – it yeah. is a big question. It really is. Or vice versa. Who knows what they want to do here. But I think offensive line and uh, blocking Ryan Tannehill because, I mean, that offense runs through Derrick Henry anyway. So I think if they get two great tackles in there, that'd be beneficial for them. I did struggle with going another route with like Elijah Elijah Moore from a Mississippi mm-hmm. oh, um, to complement AJ Brown, but I think offensive line means a lot more than the skill positions here. So Tevin Jenkins is my pick for the Tennessee Titans at number twenty-two. I like that a lot, and that brings us to the New York Jets. And again, they could go a lot of different picks here, but. I'm sticking with edge rusher for them. And the question is, who do they pick at edge rusher? <laughs> now, in this draft, we've had a lot of edge rushers. Fall. We did. We just had a conversation outside off the air about Quiddy Pay. Yeah. So I think that's where you're going, but I'm, I'm not going to get that. So I'm going to – this is going to be a little weird because this draft is mostly who we select for these guys versus who we think they're going to pick. Over this one, I'm going to say they go with Quiddy Pay. Okay. He falls here. They're just going to fall in love with that. He had a good pro day. Can't pass him up. I would honestly pick Jalen Phillips over Quiddy Pay here, but I think the Jets go Quiddy Pay, and I don't think it's the wrong pick necessarily. I like Phillips more, but it still fills a need. I think Quiddy Pay is still a very good player and good value here at pick 23. Uh, definitely adds another dimension to that defense, which has been anemic. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah. Along with their offense, but yeah. their offense at least is picking up. You know, they got some hat, they got some weapons this offseason and last offseason. They have a new quarterback coming in, new coach, new offensive system. Let's see how that goes. But they definitely, Robert Sala is going to want a guy like this. I, I mean, I, I like Quiddy Pay in, like, the top 15 of this draft. And him dropping at 23 is yeah, a great scenario yeah, for the Jets. Yeah. I really do. So I, I can see that happening. But do the Jets, to my knowledge, do they run a 4-3 or a 3-4? I think they run a 4-3, four, four, three, three, I, I think. I okay, so Quiddy Pay fits, fits there then. If, if so, I mean, if you could stand him up and rush the passer with him, I mean, I'm sure you could probably do that. He's athletic enough mm-hmm. to do that. So um, that brings us to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at number 24. Um, they just had to release um, Alejandro Villanueva, the left tackle um, there. So I have them going Elijah Vera Tucker here, mm. uh, the tackle from uh, USC. Stole another one from me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So I'm going tackle and back-to-back drafts. He could gain a little bit more weight. Not much, but maybe 10 to 15 more pounds to make him a little bit more like solidified for the NFL level. But he's got good he's got good height wise at 6'4, good arm reach level. Um, I think he could be a good tackle in the NFL. So I think he's gonna be beneficial and whoever they have a quarterback from uh, well this year it's gonna be Ben, but we'll see who they have uh, beyond this year. But it's uh, most importantly to have those guys in the trenches, as I said previously on the last pick. 
So Elijah Vera Tucker is my pick there at 24 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Agreed. Like it a lot. And just following up on that for the next pick with Jacksonville, they got their guy. They got Trevor Lawrence. They have plenty of weapons for him. You could definitely add some stuff on the defense. Uh, they have they have decent defensive players uh, across the board. Obviously not perfect, but the main thing right now is protecting Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. And not that their offensive line is terrible, but add some more guys. I'm going with uh, the tackle out of Texas, Samuel Cosme. He's another guy that's versatile. You can play him anywhere on the line. I think he can even play center if you need him to. Uh, don't quote me on that, but you can play him all throughout the line. You just need, if anything, just add depth. But this guy's a potential starter in the league. Agreed. Uh, definitely the guard position, but could play tackle if need be. Protect Trevor Lawrence at all costs. Absolutely, because uh, ter- that, that's that's your guy, and I love his size. He, again, like Elijah Vera Tucker, could gain a little bit more Definitely. weight. Um, he's 6'7", huge. huge. I love it. And Terrence, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is good is, uh, height-wise enough to, like, you know. You can I know, see over that. Exactly. You can see over that is where I'm getting and let at. let me tell you, he's a dog, too. He's one of those, like, pit bull guys that you want in the trenches there. He is. I love Samuel Cosme. And can I just say, like, I love how our mock draft has changed so drastically. It really has. I love it. it really I really has. do. So that brings me to the Cleveland Browns at number 26. And as previously, I think they're going to go with an edge rusher here. Mm-hmm. I think to compliment Miles Garrett, I'm struggling between Aziz Oyulari and Jason Away. I think I'm going to go with Aziz Oluari. Love that. I do too. I think um, he's going to be a great pass rusher in this league, especially rushing off the other side of uh, Miles Garrett. Um, he's got good size, and our friends at Pro Football Focus, which I referred to in the last couple picks here, has him an NFL comparison of Yannick Ngakwe. And I know Yannick Ngakwe is a decent pass rusher in this league, but he is, without a fact, a top pass rusher in For this sure. league. He is. For sure. So he's got good size, uh, good weight. He's got great speed. Um, I think he's pro ready to start on the other side, on the um, other side of Miles Garrett. So I I fought between Jason Away and Aziz Alari, but I think Aziz Alari has the uh, attributes to uh, fit on the other side of Miles Garrett. Love that. Love that pick. Uh, and I would agree 100%. That would be my pick for the Cleveland Browns. And that brings us to their division rivals – the Baltimore Ravens at pick 27. Now they can go. I I personally think that they need to add weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think Lamar has enough receive. Everyone complains about Lamar throwing the football and utilizing his receivers when really he hasn't had Many received Mark Andrews' favorite weapon, who is a great tight end, top five tight end in the league right now. Yep. Uh, Hollywood Brown, to me, is more of a, a deep threat only guy. Definitely a weapon to have on the team, for sure. He, he definitely brings something uh, to the team that a lot of teams don't have, but not a number one guy. And it's questionable if he's even a number two guy. 
I think he's I, – I agree with you there. I think he's more of like a number three. Exactly. Like yeah, 2B, 3. Like a Deshaun Jackson during this late stage of his career where you're not asking him to be that number one yeah. deep threat. Without the injury prone. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so they could go a couple of different ways. They could go – I think Terrace Marshall's a great fit for them. But let's be honest, they're Baltimore. They're about their defense. They love their defense. Their defense, while still good last year, they kind of lost a little bit of their identity, I feel. Their secondary is good when everyone's healthy. But they lost a little bit of that, like, edge rushing, you know, Zadarius Smith. Uh, they're losing Matt Judon. They don't have – they don't have those guys, the Terrell Suggs, like what they what they were for years and years and years. That that just intimidating defense. Nobody wanted to play Baltimore, like the Giants back in the eighties and the nineties. That, uh, that yeah. big blue wrecking crew. Yeah, those, Nobody wanted to play those defenses. You were scared to play that. And I think that hard they, hitting fucking defenses, take no nonsense type of guys. I think they stick with that, and I think they go Jalen Phillips here. Uh, edge rusher out of Miami. Uh, nobody loves Jalen Phillips more than you do. Exactly. You love Jalen Phillips. Him. I think personally, I think he's the best edge rusher in this class. Um, just in terms of true edge rusher, not talking about like a four, three defensive end. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like a legitimate, like a, in the Von Miller mold. I'm not definitely not comparing him to Von Miller. No, no, no. He's that level, but that type of player. Yes. So uh, you mentioned a guy in your analysis there, which I love, by the way, and I think he's going to creep in from the second round into the first round. Mm -hmm. The Saints brings me to my pick at number 28. They just lost Emmanuel Sanders. They lost Drew Brees. So they're going to want to get Jameis Winston some more help here. And I think Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback here. So I think they're going to go Terrace Marshall Jr. here at LSU. Perfect fit. I don't know how you not. Um, Sean Payne's going to want that uh, dynamic wide receiver there on the other side of Michael Thomas. Uh, he could do a lot. He's big. He's fast. He could run routes crisp. And he's like, like I said, he's going to climb from now between um, from from now and then to when draft night begins. I think he's going to climb into the first round. So I think he's a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints at number twenty-eight. I I love it. Uh, I I feel like that's just one of those fits that. It's just perfect for them. You have Michael Thomas and Terrace Marshall, two guys with size that can play on the outside, and you can find whoever to play in the slot in the meantime. Finally, give the Saints that dual threat on the outside that they've been looking for for so long. Yeah. Now, it's a shame that Drew Brees isn't going to be the one throwing the football because I think this could have done them great – Last year and the year before, um, you know, obviously with health not being concerned, but I think it's a great pick. Let's see what Jameis can do with these weapons under Sean Payton's system. It's going to help him out if, tremendously. If, if it is Jameis Winston throwing the football, but whoever. I think they but gave every indication it's going to be Jameis Winston. Even if it's Taysom Hill, for, yeah. not even starting, but Who playing sucks? some games. Who sucks? I don't know. He, he doesn't suck. He, he doesn't, sucks. He doesn't suck. Oh, he's he terrible. Look what he did. I just saw him play the Eagles against um which am I called late in the season. He was awful. He doesn't suck, but he's he not sucks. one of the he's not a guy that you want being your starting quarterback. He sucks. He's a Swiss army knife, is what he is. He flat out sucks. But 
regardless of that, that brings us to the Green Bay Packers. And I'm sticking I'm sticking with the wide receivers here because can we finally get Aaron Rodgers a number two? Some help? <laughs> please. Please. Guys coming off an MVP season, Green Bay, stop playing around. You guys can win the Super Bowl if you give this man more weapons. Valdez Scantling, for every big play that he catches, he drops a wide-open 50-yard bomb. I, I, I agree with you, man. But, like, I now, mean, if the Green Bay Packers front office wanted to help him out, they would have done that years ago. I know, but, but now, okay. He's done been, now. He's done now? Well, he, he had a great season. I'm not saying he's done, like, you know, competitively. But that was his fuck you to them. That was, the, oh, you wanted to move on from me? Guess what? Okay, I'll MVP tell you what. Season. If this is not the year where they get him help, he'll be hosting Jeopardy, Jeopardy next season. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But I think this is the year they give him some help. I'm going with my man, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Oh, I love that pick. I dude. think I love it. He is the best receiver after the catch. Uh, maybe in the mm, – Oh, debate. dude, it's close, it's man. Close. He's up there. He's, He's definitely good. up there. He's really I would good. say you can maybe say Jalen Waddle is number one after the catch. Uh, Chase is also up there as well, but – Chase I, would, is good I, would, I would say Tony. Tony might be number two. Tony might be number two with the ball in his hand, like after the catch. He's that good. Uh, get Aaron, give Aaron Rodgers some more help, and just let him cook. <laughs> I love it. Tired of it. I love it. No, I mean, I mean, we all are to be honest with you. But like I said before, man, if they haven't helped him yet, I, I, they're not going to help him now. I, I get it. It is like, what it is. I mean, they I'm took just, Jordan Love last year. This is a. This is a. Do it. Yeah. I'm shaking. This is it, I'm man. Choking him. He's he's uh he might be close like not not close to talent wise calling calling it a career, but he might be close to himself calling it a career because he's probably had enough at this point. Sick t- oh, I think he's just I don't think he's calling it a career. I think he's gonna move somewhere else. Right. So um that brings the Buffalo Bills on the clock here and um Sean McDermott there and head coach. Um I know he loves his defense. His offense is great right now with uh, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley. You know, he's got a good offense going there, Brian Dable at the helm. So I think they're going to go with a pass rusher here. I love, love Jason Away going there at at the Buffalo Bills at number 30 there. Um, His NFL comparison is Montez Sweat. He's got good size. He's he's good weight, speed, 6'5", 242. Great defensive player. I think he's going to fit in well there in the Buffalo defense because they love to get after that quarterback. I love it. Perfect fit. Buffalo is one of those teams where not a lot of holes. This definitely adds another dynamic to that defense that, like, they don't have a premier pass rusher, I would say. I mean, like, you have Ed Oliver, who is nice. Uh, I haven't Hughes. seen I haven't seen him a lot. A lot. He, well, because, again, he's not a he, – he plays inside most of the time. Okay. Uh, Away is going to come off the edge, so I'd love yeah. to see what Away can do uh, off that edge there, bring a new dynamic to that defense because we know that offense don't need much help. They don't. They're, uh, they're pretty good there. They really are. Yeah. So I think uh, McDermott's going to solidify that defense a little more. So I see Jason Away going there. I, like I think that. he fits in very well there. I like that a lot. Yeah. And that brings us to the reigning, defending, not champion, <laughs> Chiefs. Uh, not a lot of holes 
Um, I would say, obviously, we know that they moved on from Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz in the offseason and brought on Joe Thune. Do they go offensive line here and fill those gaps? Maybe. But I also think that their defense is interesting because they are – one game they'll show up and they'll look like a top five defense. Not that they, I don't think that they have the talent that, so maybe not top five, but one game they'll, they'll look like a top 10 defense. And then other games they'll look like a bottom, a, a bottom feeder defense. And yeah, they got Frank Clark, who, who, who's a boss. Yeah, they got Chris Jones, who's a boss. But I think they're still lacking another penetrating edge rusher. And while we know that I'm not as high on this guy as some others are. I know where you're going. He's fallen this far down. Let's turn that Chiefs defense into something fierce so that takes a little pressure off the offense. Mahomes can make do uh, even if he has a little bit of pressure. He's mobile. I'm not – and you can worry about offensive line later. I'm going Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Adds another – Edge You're rusher, so high on him. Adds another edge rusher to that defense. A lot of people think he's a top 10 pick or at least top 15. I don't see it, but at at thirty pick 31, great value. Uh, definitely think he's worth that pick at least, um, if not higher than that. Uh, very raw, but big, athletic, uh can definitely develop. He he has the tools to develop into an elite pass rusher. He's just maybe a little too raw for me for him to go that high. I didn't see a lot of power moves or anything like that from him. Um, so I'd like to see him develop that a little bit more. But you can learn some of that by working with guys like Chris Jones. Sure you can. Uh, so I think that's a perfect fit for him. And let's get that defense stepping up because – most likely they're in the Super Bowl next year, too. I mean, if not, they're, well, they're the, going to be in the – It's going to be them and the Bills again. Exactly, I really do. Exactly. And you're going to need defense to match that offense. That brings me to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 32. The last pick of the first round. And, my friends, we have a trade. We do. We do. I'm not sure about compensation, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to trade for the first round again. Okay. They see a lot of talent here. A lot of players have dropped where they have high rankings on. One name – in particular. Yes. So I'm not sure if you agree here. Um, I'm going to take Caleb Farley that was my, at I, number 32. I knew. And in my Go mind, ahead. there Finish is no ahead. way that Caleb Farley falls to 32. This I mean, guy could be the first cornerback off the board in the top 10. And as he should, he, he is one of those guys that is a shut down cornerback. He is. Former he's, cornerback. Former quarterback, but yeah, health is a little bit of a concern. Uh, doesn't have the size that J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain have. Yeah. But legit, just super athletic. Let me just say this. I know a lot of Eagles fans, if they do listen to this podcast, they're going to be like, oh, we don't want to take an injured cornerback. We did that with Sidney Jones. This is not an ACL injury or an Achilles injury. It's not. He's gonna. I think he's gonna transition well to the NFL. He's gonna come back to health, and he's gonna. He, he actually would and be this, the number. This also isn't Sidney Jones. 
Agreed. But Sidney Jones was number one on the board for a lot of people in that draft. So Caleb Farley is a number one on the board in a lot of people's drafts if it wasn't for the injury. So if the Eagles could end the first round with Devontae Smith, as we picked earlier, and Caleb Farley, huge. I, I, honestly, huge. if the Eagles are able to pull something off like that, and I, again, we do these drafts because we think that this is a possibility to happen. Caleb, Fall, Caleb Farley falling to 32 is probably one of the few picks here that I just don't see happening. But just the way the draft turned out, that's how it turned out. But if he does, which he very well could, we He's see, very we well see could. this happen. You know, Xavier McKinney is a perfect example. Again, he was looking to go in the mid-15 to 10 range last year. Yeah. And ended up falling to the second round, like pick 37, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it could happen. But if the Eagles are able to pull off Devontae Smith and Caleb Farley – they went. They, they, Connor, they went I'm that, popping open the most round. expensive bottle of bourbon that I have, and we're drinking. That's a well. I'm not gonna drink that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's. I'll drink in sadness. I'll, I'll, I'll drink away my sorrows. But, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, that's that's a huge win for Philly. Oh, that, absolutely. You get a. Oh, and wide receiver one, and you get a cornerback. And let me elaborate a little more round. because Philadelphia has the most picks in the draft this year. They have 11 right yeah. now. Yeah, they have 11. And they are not picking 11 players in no. this draft. Why? Exactly. You Why don't need you? to. Why would you? So, therefore, I see them, like, trading up in the draft in the, the first round again because and, and it is, is important to get that fifth-year option. 100%. And what does Tampa need to draft at 32? Exactly. What do they need to do? Exactly. I would have traded up with Buffalo at uh, 30, but – I mean, the way the draft worked out with us, I think it was best for the Eagles to wait and maybe it would take less compensation. And I think that Tampa's the perfect trade candidate because they're probably calling people like, hey, you want this pick? Yeah. We got everybody coming back they last year. Yeah, exactly. They don't need shit. We, we, we literally – we don't even have to draft anybody this year. Absolutely. So you want to – So it pick? might take us less yeah. to draft up. We'll get all these picks for when Tom moves on that we can the just Eagles, the next dynasty with. The Eagles might even keep their second-round pick. They could I, I don't see that. You I don't think, think so? I think they're giving up. They're, they're giving up 37? They're definitely giving up 37 for – is it 37? It's 37. They're, they're giving up 37. I don't know, man. That's not a big That's not a big drop-off. It's I not, think, but you're – I think they could get it why, done. Why, why wouldn't Tampa be like, well, you're giving us 37? I think they could give up. Like They're going to have to give up 37. I don't think so. How are they going to get around that? Because they have their second, and then they could get like, what, two-thirds out of it? Two thirds in a later round pick. You're probably two thirds in a four. If you're not giving up thirty seven to move up to thirty two, remember this is the last pick in the draft. Well, well, again, why wouldn't you just swap thirty seven and thirty two, get your guy, and then give give him third, give him one third, and I, you I can just, just do that. I, that's like why not do that? I know it's I'm only not, five. Picks, I'm not but. disagreeing with you. I see what you're saying, but I think that it's possible that they could keep their second. And only give up their third, or maybe a third and like plus more. I doubt it, but I guess let's see. Yeah, let's see what happens. We'll see the compensation. We'll see, but that concludes our uh, mock draft for this week, one through thirty-two. Definitely a lot different than it was uh, the last few weeks, and I'm sure we're gonna do one more draft uh, before draft day. Uh, that. I'm not going to say that's not going to be next week. I think it's going to be the week after that we're going to do that. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit closer to draft day. Uh, but next week, 
again, the way things are like playing out, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So we're going to hit it then. Uh, Tommy, anything else? No, I got nothing else, man. Uh, I want to get to the second round and stuff like that at some point. But, uh, hey, no, I got nothing. Maybe we'll jump into the second round next next week. Maybe we'll. See you later, everybody. Thank you for listening. Connor and Tom out.